So they got a lot of, I think they got a lot of stuff going on and they're good on the promotion side and they're professional. They're, you know, a really professional outfit, but like me personally, I, I think they need some more dirty people that are helping out. Um, they need a track guy that's dedicated hundred percent. Episode 105, Tank Slapping Pod. We have an interview pod today or tonight. We're going to, well, kind of. We're bringing Rob Pearson on to chat with Robbie, Bobby, and myself. Robbie is on the other side of the mic. Rob, what's good, man? <laughs> I cannot wait. I told you earlier, I'm going to, I'm having a little, little celebratory drink tonight. I had a really good day today at the shop. So I was really excited to see Bugs come on too, man, because, uh, I've known him forever. He's like, he doesn't seem like it, but he's like a veteran of the sport. So it's cool to talk to the the current veterans. I mean, hell, I think, didn't he turn pro the same year that Mies did? So, uh, yeah. or at least very close. Yeah, I think it was 03, but maybe it was 02. Um, but yeah, I know him and Mies actually go really far back. So we'll, we'll ask him about that rivalry. And man, he's been racing a who long else? time. Like he's been through. Well, who else has been that long? Uh, I mean, obviously Jared and Pearson, um, Pearson full-time ish guys. I think they're the two oldest. Cause I mean, cause Henry was from back then, but he's not even full-time anymore. Obviously B Smith is, is done. So yeah, yeah. I think like, are those, those are the old timers other than when Pegram comes out with his like, what is Pegram? Like 62 now? Yeah. Yeah. Pegram. And, uh, like after them, it's like, I think me. Uh, to be honest, um, <laughs> look at you, Sammy. Uh, Sammy doesn't do all the races anymore. Yeah, just that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to think who else is. It's been a tough Damn. like two year stretch where we like, um, Jake Johnson, Brian Smith, Wiles, Halbert. Uh, there's been a lot of guys who you know, a lot are, of heavy hitters, yeah, a lot of heavy hitters who've stepped away the last few years. So it's uh, like yeah. straight winners too. You know? Oh, badass uh, dudes. Yeah. Some podium spots. They've definitely opened up in the last four or five years. Uh, I mean, cause you go back to cool death and, um, yeah. So, yeah. So bugs, he's been a part of that, that whole like Rotex era and framer four fifties and XRs. And so it, yeah, it'll be fun to chat with bugs. Um, we have some fan questions uh, that I want to address. Some of them were from last week, and we just kind of ran out of time. I was, like, exhausted last week. You're I, beat, dude. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah so. you're done. I'm charged up, ready to go. Before we get into these questions, uh, Bugs is calling in about 10 minutes. Uh, I want to make sure we shout out the sponsors that make this show happen week in and week out. Make sure you guys support them, because without these guys, these companies, the pod would not exist. So Mission Foods. Check them out, support them when you can. They're big supporters of anything to do with the industry these days, from drag racing to flat track to Moto America. They're doing it all. They're supporting a lot of teams and riders. Go buy some tortilla shells, buy some products, support Mission Foods. Bell Power Sports, check out bellhelmets.com to view their full line of products. If you start tank slapping, you want to be protected by Bell. Just a great company. I'm really proud to be a, a rider who wears Bell Helmets. Yamaha Motorsports and Yamaha Racing. Check out their website at yamahamotorsports.com, motorcycle, ATV, side-by-side, snowmobile, and power products. 
Indian motorcycle since 1901, Indian motorcycle has been the choice of riders who make their own rules, solid lineup of motorcycles from the FTR rally, the bobber, the scout 60, the challenger, man, the roadmaster. There's so many awesome bikes. Me me and Frankie were debating on what, what C-Tex should cruise around on as far as an Indian goes. And he thinks a challenger, um, Kind of a big no, fucking dude, bike. You're not big enough. You need to get like a little scout or a FTR 1200 or something. You're not big enough for a big bike like that. Uh, I mean, had to put her feet down on the back feet, fool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't disagree. That, that's <laughs> that kind of what, that's what my argument was. <laughs> but uh, it also be uh, pretty pretty iconic <laughs> just to cruise around on a Challenger. So uh, I keep hitting up Gary. You know, Gray, I'm like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I keep hitting him up. I'm like, dude, I need one. Yeah. Yeah. Eric's great. I'm a Triumph dealer, and I will ride around on an Indian and give honest assessments of it. Yeah. So, yeah, man, hit me up. And also, give me Jared Neese's bike, because he sucks. Yeah, well, give me a chat. Give me a bike first, and then you can give Robbie one. Or, or hell, I'll buy one. (laughs) No, I need the first one. one. Yeah. Well, I don't want to buy it. I can't do it. I got El Camino parts to buy Well, we appreciate Indian for uh, Indian Motorcycle for everything they do for us in the sport. Really cool brand. Moto America, New Jersey Motorsports Park, September 9th to 11th weekend. Pretty badass track, man. It's probably the track I have the most laps on for my brief road racing career. I think I've been there three times. So, um, yeah, I love that place. And uh, Moto, Moto America, if you, you can't be there, check out their Live Plus package, subscribe. And everything they're doing is just they're crushing it. And it's been a really good series. The Superbike title is coming down to the – to the end, Rob. Gagne or Petrucci, who you got? Man, dude, Gagne's uh, got the confidence right now, man. I mean, I, I'd love to see a Ducati win it. I, you know, I love Italian motorcycles, but, uh, but man, it's uh, – I, I don't know, man. Like, it seems like Petrucci wins, yes, but when Gagne makes a mistake or breaks or something, you know, I'm not saying it's easy to win superbikes, but – I don't know, like head to head. I don't think Petrucci straight up beat Gagne, but maybe once. Yeah. And then you know the other part of it, you know, Gagne beat him at, at, straight up every time. But yeah, he beat him at Coda, but that was about it. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. Well, it's coming down to the wire. Coming down, we got uh, Dunlop Motorcycle Tires on board with us. They just signed a new three-year deal with American Flat Track. Really cool to see. DunlopMotorcycleTires.com, 19-inch, 17-inch flat track tires, off-road, street, moto. Uh, I'm pretty sure they build tires for space shuttles. Like, they do it all. So make sure you hit up Dunlop Motorcycle Tires and uh, buy some product. Uncle Jerry Stinchfield at Roof Systems of Dallas, Texas, commercial and industrial roofing company with nearly 40 years of experience. Check out his website at commercialroofsystems.net and Manscaped. So use the code tankslap20 on manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Uh, Rob, thoughts on podium speeches and um, how important is it for these riders to, I guess, just mention a company on the podium? So my take on this, do you, know, I tell you, do you know my take on it as like a previous team owner that would or would not be interviewed on the podium? Or do you want me to give you my take on it as like what I just think in general? Yeah. Because it's kind of two different things. Whatever, dude. Just okay. give me the Robbie Bobby Yeah, special. I got you. We won't get too scientific. All right. So uh, personally, I like to I, I like to see the, the, uh, the rider's personality. If they mistake, don't say a letter or something. I mean, 
realistically, if they're if they're good enough sponsors to get motion or notioned on the podium, it should be front and center on their leathers, like easily seen on the podium while they're talking to you. Does that make sense? So yes. I don't want to hear just the same old like, yeah, man. And, and no offense to our sponsors, we'll just use it. Like, I can give two shits that they're like, hey, man, I want to thank you know my my Mission Foods, Jerry's Roof Systems, uh, you know Yamaha Motor USA bike. Man, it was it was working really good. I turned left and went fast. You know. I want to hear some rootin' tootin' shit and, like, let me know that you're, like, so stoked and excited to be on that podium in the first place. Yeah, I get somebody like Jared Mees. Dude, he'd be there for 45 minutes thanking sponsors. Like, you, there's not even a square inch on his suit that's available. But at the same time, he's like, yeah, well, you know, we did pretty good and this and that and the other. And it's like, man, I've heard that same speech out of Jared Mees, like, 432 times. Like, you can't hate him for winning all the damn time. But, you know, I, I like – I don't know. Like, I like when Briar gets on the podium, he's like pissed off, but he's like having a good time and he's still being funny. You know, that's, yeah. that shit's like awesome to me. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. Either way, man, I don't, I, but I did see where I forget what comment Jesse made, but it was kind of like another person just bitching online on Facebook. Like it's, we haven't had a race in a week, so we got to find something to complain about. And Jesse said something funny. Like, I just wish we could come here and not see everybody complain or say something bad about everything. I don't remember exactly how it was, but, yeah, uh, I do remember the comment. So whatever person sent that message in, I I, I remember seeing it. It was pretty funny. But what's your yeah. take on it? Yeah, I didn't see it honestly. I don't. I I don't know what. Uh, I haven't saw. No, I mean one. the podium thing. Like no, um, like you're pretty good I, on the podium, and you show your emotion. Yeah, I I think that's the biggest thing. Like, um, I tell like my like kids I help out like Trent and uh, Evan Renshaw, and I've even had this conversation with like. Cody Cop and Bronson Bauman, like guys that have like a ton of personality, show it on the podium. Um, I just want to see genuine personality. Like if you're stoked, be stoked. If you're pissed off, say you're pissed off. Like it's okay. Like we need more personality. The sport needs it. If you look at all the personality in Supercross, like you know, Aaron Plessinger, he was chugging beer and you know, shit on the podium. Like, um, that's awesome. Like, that's his personality. Like, don't be cut and dry. And like, yeah, thank your sponsors. Like, thank as many as you can. I also don't think it's the be all do all like anymore. Um, it's a respect thing. Like you want to shout them out, but nobody's rushing to buy Motul oil because I thank them on the podium. Like, I think there's a lot more ways, you know, organic ways to promote your sponsors or partner with a company. You know, times have changed so much where, just cut and dry like you said just like mentioning it blah blah it's like it doesn't really do a lot for the sponsor so uh yeah thank your sponsors but there's a time and place and if you can't think of them all it's not the end of the world um but i just yeah the biggest thing i i've said is just give us some personality on the podium like give us something like uh, just got, the guys are like shy to get up there. It's like, dude, it's all good. Like if you, you don't need to worry about, they're like, yeah, I just didn't want to mess up. It's like, how the fuck do you mess up on the podium? Like, who cares? Just be yourself. If they like it, cool. If not, then fuck them. Like, um, but yeah, just show personality, I think. And honestly, dude, if you have a sponsor that's so good to you and stuff like that, and you forget them or they know you that well, it's still a personal thing too. Like Dalton has forgotten to thank D and D when we were in the championship hunt. Like, I, I wasn't like devastated. You know what I mean? Like no, it says yeah. it's front and center on his gear. So it's like, you know, yes, it's important, but it's not the be all end all. So don't, I, I wouldn't put nearly as much effort into that as I did like 
your actual demeanor, you know, like right. be excited. I well, I know sometimes, you know, somebody like you or Jared Mees gets third or Briar gets third, like they're pissed off because like they want to win. But, you know, I mean, still be, be gracious and humble as best you can, but show an emotion is, is not no, a bad thing it, at all. Yeah. Least, like the Briars and the Jareds, like they do well with it. Like they show personality and, and that's what we just need more personality. Like I've, I've said it on, you know, riders on social media and everything else, man, like give us some personality. Hey, you know what, you know what though? I wonder, I, I do remember something cool that AFT did. And I wish they would, they would do it again, at least even if they charged the riders for it. Do you remember when they, I don't know if you were involved because it was kind of a, maybe it was just a super twins thing, but they did like actually take us at Daytona, like the riders and the crew chiefs or team owners, we got, to, I know they were NASCAR people. So a lot of people listening right now, especially if they're Facebook people, they're going to be like, look, NASCAR, blah, blah, blah. But like, it really did teach a lot of things. And like for the first like half a season, like the riders were really kind of polished and I don't want to, they, they made sure you knew to use your personality. And like, they were really good. They were like network people that were telling us like the interview for ESPN. It was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. No, I don't remember that, but no, that's cool. I mean, you might not yeah, have been invited. You suck, so that's yeah, probably what happened. I don't, it's all good. <laughs> that was your first time back after running a single. So they were like, huh, we don't need to talk to this guy. <laughs> whatever uh, on the line actually now oh, is uh we got bugs Who's on the in the line. background listening somebody's laughing <laughs> we got bugs what's up bugs oh shit <laughs> how long has he been hanging out did he hear us talking shit about him <laughs> i wasn't sure if i was on or just listening <laughs> <laughs> you're on bro how you feeling man uh yeah i had a, a get off there in castle rock kind of a freak deal and uh yeah you didn't make sack so first things first how you feeling uh, I'm feeling a lot better this week. Yeah, the days after Castle Rock were a little rough, and then uh, I got back home and decided to get checked out at the doctor's. So <clears throat> that actually turned out okay. But now I'm going to the doctor's to figure out if the cyst on my kidney is okay or or if it's what's up. So, but physically I feel good. Are you gonna race Springfield, or we don't know yet? I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. I mean, I feel like I can, but I'm definitely still recovering. Um, <laughs> That's such a racist my, thing to say too. <laughs> <laughs> my Indian, like, I think is ready. Um, the forks got bent up and it got it at the wheel bent up a little bit, but I think I could have it ready. Um, itchy actually helped me get the forks on my Harley on it. And, uh, I think Ben's got a spare front wheel, so I think I could have it ready. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. That'd be awesome, man. I know everybody, uh, enjoys you being out there. Cause hell, it took me a minute last podcast we did. And I was like, shit, Corey, like I know Rob got hurt, but I just now realized he wasn't as fat. Cause like, usually I'll be like one of the first few people I see is, is Rob. I'm like, Hey, what's up, bud? And, uh, I, I just recalled, I didn't see him there, but to be honest, I don't think you really missed much. I mean, from the looks of it, you probably are enjoying the break, huh? Yeah, I mean, I miss seeing everybody. Um, but from the looks of it and from, you know, hearing about it, it didn't sound like I missed, like, a good racetrack, which is unfortunate because, you know, that place can be really good. So I'm not yeah. sure what happened. but We're all, we're all kind of wondering. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it was a hot <laughs> – hot son of a bitch and the track was 
Well, not a lot of fun. that's what I'm wondering. It's like they, they kind of set themselves up for failure trying to do it at the wrong time. But I know the scheduling's tough, so I can't say, you know, for sure. Yeah. I want to kind of bring it back a little bit. Uh, talk talk a bit about your early career because me and Rob were just talking and you're I don't I don't know if you're the veteran veteran now in the series like you and Meese. I think you guys went pro either the same year or within a year of each other. So um, talk about maybe your, your like last year as an amateur and then your transition to the pro, to the pro ranks. Like how did that happen and what year was it? Okay. So I was, uh, I'm November of 85 and I think Jared's about five months uh, younger than me. So I've raced Jared since we were on mini bikes. And uh, I mean, my dad took me racing. So we went to Daytona. I've been to Daytona for uh, 30 years now. <laughs> and uh, I raced Jared on a 65. And we had really good two strokes. I raced Brian Smith. I raced Roger Hayden a lot. Uh, we we'd watch you know the hearts and uh you know i watched nikki growing up he was my idol i got a rotax 250 uh that's my favorite bike that uh that the heart you know they, they put the chassis together down there and put that liquid cooled 252 stroke with the banky pipe and the freaking uh nice. all the good stuff on it the thing was just badass so uh, but Jared and I have raced together since we were kids. I mean, I'm from Illinois and he was PA. So we only saw each other at the bigger events, but, uh, I, I've definitely seen him a lot. And when we went pro, um, it was Oh three and formerly USA was going on. And, uh, I was trying to do some road racing at that time with Blake young. And, uh, I was trying to compete for the formerly USA um road race flat track championship with yeah me and nick cummings were doing it matt Waite was doing it and some other guys were doing it <clears throat> we we road race 600s i had a zx6 and then i had a 450 honda obviously and fusa so that's kind of where i had my eggs in that basket and jared was uh, hooking up with with Maronis and riding Sportsters and you know kind of coming that direction. So <clears throat> we got back together. I raced a Sportster a couple of times and crashed a bunch of road race bikes and figured out I still wanted to dirt track, you know, full time. And I just, uh, you know, I uh, I got a Sportster ride and. And won the very first Sportster race I ever entered at Sharon when Jake Johnson won his first 750 race at that rough, wet stock car track, which is right up my alley. Dude, I was about to say, you and the old, you and the old Volusia, remember when it used to be just a shit pile during the uh, May for the hot shoot? Yeah, bring rough you back, please. <laughs> Dude, you used I to suck there now, man. I can't go <laughs> good there now. <laughs> Yeah. I remember, I'm like, oh, this track sucks. And, like, you're out there just fucking smoking. I'm like, oh, damn, he must like it. And then, like, kind of made me realize, like, well, guess I better get used to a shitty track. 
Yeah, any rough yeah. clay track, Bugs is uh, he's usually at top three in qualifying, like winning his heat race. Um, yeah, because I looked up, I looked up some stuff, and uh, you got a podium your first your rookie year, right? Like, did didn't you podium was like Milwaukee? They had like uh, a corner. dude, Hale's corner weekend. I'm I was seventeen years old and I made like twenty grand or something. I got third at hell's corner and i was leading the sports race i don't know if it broke or not and then i won the fusa race and i got all the contingency money and shit and i was like holy cow this like i'm going dirt track racing. Rich. you know and it's like oh man <laughs> now i'm like 36 like whoa 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 this is uh you know i'm not right ra- i was racing a 450 honda that i could pay for in one day at one race now i got an indian messed up in my garage that's like 60 grand i couldn't win enough money to pay for it is what is kind of messed up now so there is money out there and uh, it's just hard you know it's hard to have a really really professional program and sell a package to do it you know chris carr did it and it can be done but I have a lot of, I have a lot of other things that I do too. And, you know, my kids, I got a lot of time that I got to delegate. So, and I, and I work up. too. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many time, so much time in the day. You guys know. Yeah. Well, of course, I got plenty of time. It sits there and works on crews oh with PW. God, fuck off, Rob. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, you, so you're, you've, I mean, I think you have like five or six podiums. Like, obviously, you've, you got a lot of top six, you know, I don't even know how many top fives you have, but you have a, a solid, solid group of podiums. Like, you've podiumed Milwaukee in 03. Um, I remember the Topeka podium. Uh, I remember. I felt I was like, like that was the one I could have won. That was one day I thought I got a shot at winning today, you know. And yeah, I, I remember. Cool, that's one. I remember sitting there. I remember sitting there for the main event. Like I, I don't think I made the main, or maybe I was expert twins. I forget, but I remember going out to the main event, or maybe it was a red flag, and it was real quiet. I, it might have been a red flag. And there was like a fan. I don't even know if you remember this, but he was just wasted. And he was screaming at the top of his lungs. You fucking got this bugs. You're going to win this bugs. Let's fucking go. And like everybody could hear this one guy just yelling at like, let's go bugs. (laughs) And uh, I love it. It was Topeka. That was like a rough shitty. They said it was a half mile, but that was smaller than like, Atlanta short track, I feel yeah. like. So yeah, that was a three eighths. Yeah, okay. I would say. Yeah, so that was solid, and I honestly forgot you podium Minnesota Mile right in eighteen. Yeah, thanks to a couple guys, but Whatever. I mean, <clears throat> Rick. Rick was smart that night. He said, "Man, these things are they're running good. They're going to run out of fuel, and uh, and we're going to make an adjustment." And we're going to lean it out and it's not going to run quite as good, but we're going to finish. So I'm like, Oh dude, I like the way it's running right now. But whenever was it Briar ran out of fuel, I thought, yeah. man, Rick probably knew what he's talking about. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, I forgot about that. You've podiumed, man, you've podiumed every, like pretty much every kind of track, like short track Topeka, which is a half mile Minnesota mile. And, uh, you're obviously from Dude, Peoria. I've been like fourth at Peoria and I cannot, po- I mean, that's the reason I can't quit is I want to be on the podium at Peoria and <laughs> I just can't get there. But, um, you got to have a specialized TT bike if we're going to go twin racing. So I think I got to organize myself a little better and not go to every round and start <clears throat> kind of getting my ducks more in a row for the race tracks I want to be at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, speaking I of which, s- though, go ahead, Rob. I was say, speaking of which, Bugs, give me your very favorite track you've raced and your very most hated national level track. Let's say nationals you've been on, not. We won't do every outlaw race or nothing, but what do you, what would what would be your two? Uh, <clears throat> Indy Mile first practice when it's all prepped nice and you're just getting it. Um, that's just uh, in the practice though. <laughs> Usually it doesn't stay like yeah. that, but uh, then okay, then my worst or my least favorite track is a mile that's not prepped right and it's super dangerous. And we're going too fast to not be able to see a downed rider or something. That's my least favorite. Fair. Yeah, fair. Fair. Um, yeah. yeah. Good answer. Good answer. What, uh, so I was telling Rob, like, you know, being that you turned pro in 03, you've ridden, you've seen the series change so much since in that time frame. Like you were, you were in the Rotex era where it was like, I, I don't, I, it was like 600s, then it went to 505s. Then you had to yeah, make I think your, he was 505s, right? Yeah. Did, did you ever run a 600? I, I never. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I didn't. <clears throat> when I got off the 80, a KX80, uh, I never rode a motocross bike again. I rode a framer. So until 03, when the Honda came out, pretty much, I had a KX250 for a short time lower down, but. We had all, I had that Rotax, but then Toe Gray was my sponsor, Gray Boy Kawasaki. He got a hold of Team Green, and I had a contract, and I got cart motors shipped. We put them in Cheney frames, and they were real fast, too. KX, cart mo- go-kart motors. Well, I mean, you've ridden Framer 450s and DTX bikes. Like, I've seen you oh, on yeah. every single fucking brand of DTX bike. I've seen you on an XR. I you've am- ridden an 883. <laughs> uh ktm (laughs) (laughs) yeah you you've ridden a lot of shit like what's what's probably the one bike that you've ridden that you're just like nah i don't miss that thing like what's what's that bike oh that bike fuck when babe kept putting me on that fucking vision or whatever that (laughs) thing was (laughs) I was trying to break it in the pit so I could ride the Harley because he only had one of them together. I was like, fuck, I hope this thing breaks. I'm going to ride that XR. <laughs> I remember Schnabel uh, used to it, like It worked really good one his. time. <laughs> oh, yeah. It worked really good at Virginia. We put it in the main event, and uh, Dave's like, yeah, now we're going to get some Yamaha support. And I said, well, <clears throat> Travis was wondering if I want to ride the Suzuki while Kevin Varnes is hurt. I kind of want to do that. Oh, so yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to do that. And that was went, Greenville, right? You jumped on it for Greenville. Cause I think it's in that, uh, that wide open documentary that, um, 
Jessica did, I think it was like an O it was like the O six season. Um, it actually, you're in the video, like it shows you like your Suzuki debut. I think it was Greenville. Um, I think you were all on ass too. And you pitched it away. Oh, dude. Pat Alexander and all the boys were there from Suzuki because they had a big ATV race somewhere in Ohio. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking send it today. I don't even give one fuck, you know? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) that thousand was so good right up by the fence, like right by the hay bales where no one else could quite get. That thing had so much power. If I got in trouble, I just picked the gas up and it'd turn out of it. So that was working for me that night until... I think Rotor fell off for the second time, bringing a red flag out, and like top four of us had broke away with like five to go. Me, Schnabel, me's cop, I think. Yeah. And they red flag it, and uh, I'm like, okay, that's okay. Maybe I can get a good jump. That thing got really good starts. Well, Cummings came from the freaking bottom. You know how he ride that thing like completely sideways and I was way up high in the middle of three and four. His line just like crossed mine. He bumped me like into the hay bales and I clipped the hay bale and took off like the right side unit and then just started crashing that thing. I was like, damn. <laughs> Travis ran out, got it picked back up and you okay? Yeah, man, just let's get back out there. And so I did and got back out there, restarted, clipped another hay bale. So I'm putting my foot on the engine cases for like the last four laps. There's no brake, no fucking foot peg. And I'm like, damn it. You know, I had a top four and now I'm like, I don't even know what place I'm in now. And I'm all beat up and everything's fucked up. <laughs> but it was a good day. That thing was sweet on a cushion. I'd love to ride that at the mega mile. This year, obviously, it's been pretty tough for privateers, especially guys riding the Indian FTR with the rule changes and, and things like that. And from your perspective, how, mu- how much did it change that motorcycle from, from your perspective and the bike you've been on, like your program with like the Rackleys and whatever else you were doing? Um, how much did it change that dynamic? And is that why you've kind of jumped around on some different brands this year? Yeah, um, I think the rule changes affected everyone, you know, differently. And and then, like, our privateer team, it was tough to figure it out. And uh, we didn't know what direction we were going to go. So Rackley kind of pulled back in to figure out what he was doing. And I still really wanted to go to Laconia and do some stuff. But I had bikes that I hadn't even looked at for six years or something. And I called Daffy up. I'm like, hey, can we get my XR ready for Laconia? He's like, I guess so, bring it over. And that's what we did. But it's like we haven't really had time to like get organized. And I finally <clears throat> with like Ben's help, Ben Evans, like I finally we about got an Indian that's I think capable of a podium, you know, when we go to Wisconsin or, you know, maybe if the track at Barberville gets rough or something. <laughs> Yeah, what's like um how how is riding the XR like after not riding it for so long and riding the Indian? You have a lot of people that are hype on the XR750. I mean, it's a badass bike. Like it's the most iconic flat track bike ever probably. Um so what like how is it after like, you know, it's been so long and technology and things have changed so much with these 
these motorcycles. And uh, do you think it's capable of winning? Like, could could any XR could it could it win still? Um, what are your kind of thoughts? At the at the right track, yes. I I don't see a need to restrict it. You know, I wasn't set up to be trying to put restrictors in that thing when I went to Laconia. Um, so I think they can be competitive at the right track, but I was talking to somebody and I was telling them that I had to change the way I ride the motorcycle now to ride this Indian and some of these newer bikes and, um, it's just different. We don't slide anymore. You're, you you do not try to slide, I guess. I'm really bad about flicking it in the corner. That's how I want to go in and you got to drive in there and, and road race around now and uh, you got to figure that out but then you drop restrictors in it <clears throat> you know well my bike had heads that weren't for restrictors and they won't run with the restrictors very well so I got to put like two teeth on the back to get it off the corner and then it's ah! you know it won't go all the way down the straightaway right so it's like well what do I want it to do? Come off the corner or go down the straightaway? And then on a mile, <clears throat> you know, to be honest, I'm kind of nervous that KTM's going to rip my hand off the handlebar when he comes by me, you know, Rispoli or whatever, because he's going to be going 10 mile an hour faster down the straightaway. Yeah. Dude, that yeah. thing does run pretty strong. <laughs> I mean, you've seen the videos, even it's like, that's dangerous when the when the speeds are getting to be that much different that's that's what's going to be causing problems yeah and i thought it was kind yeah. of crazy like the um just the mindset for some of these bikes and they sort of did it with the indian as well like they didn't do a heck of a lot of testing it was like somebody came to them with you know the bike or i'm sure people listening they're going to want to correct me but like with the ktm it's like well we don't know how good it'll be. So yeah, like just run it and then we'll figure it out. Like, um, and then just throwing it out there and, you know, production twins, he, you know, first time on the bike, they dominate the the race and he goes out and he almost wins the super twins race. It was like, um, <laughs> one of them things where Here's it's like, man, man, maybe get some data on it <laughs> before we send it out there with like, you know what I mean? Like we just, there wasn't a lot of data Maybe. on these bikes and they just, we kind of send them out and then it's like, ah, oh, well now we need to restrict it or now we need to look at the fly by wire or whatever. So it's, it's the rules package and flat track. It's dude, it's, it's not an easy thing to come up with. Oh but, my gosh. The rule package is ridiculous. Like if you want to really think about it, trying to make it all level. No, it's crazy. Like the difference, like, um, Mies was on the pulp MX show yesterday and he was trying to explain to like Alex Ray and Jake Weimer and uh, Mathis about like the rules. And he's like, yeah, so I'm riding a 750 in the end. It's restricted. And I'm racing against the Yamaha 900. That's not restricted. And and like their faces, they didn't understand like what any of it meant. And I guess the, that was like <laughs> the first perspective where I'm like, dude, it really makes, I've been telling, I talk to people all the time and they don't get it. And I'm like, it's hard to understand guys. It's very, yeah, you gotta be in there. <laughs> <laughs> just to dedicate your life to this for like five years. You're going to be there, man. <laughs> yeah. Trust the process on that one. You got to be super patient. I think flat track fans are the most patient um, fans that, that there is because 
you guys know when you're going 140 miles on dirt with the tires that we're using the stuff's got to be right so you got to be patient it's not like a motocross bike with knobbies you know you just dig it up and throw water at it so sometimes you got to be patient yeah well there's so much parity between the bikes i mean some of them are 750s some are 890s some are 800s um there's there's so much parity trying to uh trying to get a package that makes sense and it's just been tough like it's open know. it up i say open it up run what you brung open it up world outlaw style get them out ktm sean bear get your bike out <laughs> you know what i mean if you got to try them get it out if you got a 1000 suzuki bring it we got the 750 indian we're gonna run it heads up we're not putting restrictors in it all our freaking rear wheels are gonna weigh the same you know we're all going to tech after this and the rules are the rules they're not yeah. gonna go for that so let's fix it 36 millimeter restrictors on the miles the half miles pretty even the tt's the Yamahas need restricted <laughs> or unrestricted Indians because we can't even race them guys heads up on a TT. So I don't know what are your thoughts on a, on like TC uh, traction control and uh, like the twinkle thing? Um, like, what do you think is the biggest difference with the other brands um, like Yamaha and, and Harley? Um, do you think the Indians gotten that much worse with what they've done? Or do you think the other bikes have gotten a lot better with what they've given them? both I, I think that's gotten i think they've gotten better i think they're pretty well ready to race the indians head heads up i mean obviously jared Meese and kenny tolbert bring a package and obviously so does briar and dave and you know that crew but like that privateer indians you know those yamahas are ready for them right now heads up i mean they're they're that good i'd say they're motor gp bikes so yeah. if they want to go production next year, those electronics have to go away if they want to go production. Yeah, no, I agree. So, yeah, I, I've I've never liked I've uh, I've said it on here a bunch, but I don't like the word restrictor, and I don't like traction control, any kind of traction. Sorry, traction control and dirt track. Um, I just it just dirt track so pure in the fact that you need good throttle control. You need to be able to you know, transfer weight to get traction. And I think going, going to going that direction is just, it takes a lot of it out of the equation. And like you said, we don't really slide the bikes like we used to. And that's something I've noticed as well. Um, nobody's really sliding and getting in, um, for whatever reason. Like, I don't know, we set up our bikes a lot different now. I've noticed like everybody sets their bikes up really tall and with a lot more rebound. Um, so just the bike setup has changed so much too. It's kind of crazy. The suspensions came a long way and then the tire is better. This new tire is better. Um, but the suspension is so much better now. It's crazy, you know, how Jimmy can make your shocks feel like that when you push on it. But when you're out on the racetrack at speed, it has control. Like, dad and i were just like oh stiffen it up and slow it down because like this thing doesn't work you know but now when you it's like holy cow when you get on a bike that works it's like oh this is nice yeah, yeah. i like this so yeah it mean, costs money you know? i was gonna say you could you could get a full set of suspension done when i turned pro like really good shit for like 500 bucks and 
now you're in yeah, 600 bucks. Yeah. Now it's what three, four <laughs> grand to, to get the best shit. Um, how so. fast do you want to go? Yeah. How fast <laughs> do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had a question, Rob, I don't know what you're doing, if you're eating or what, but I, I want to bring you in on this question too. Well, we we've talked about it a little bit and, um, wanted to bring you in. I'll actually ask you first and I'll get Bugs's thoughts, but with the, uh, there was big news at Loretta's a few weeks back with, uh, there was a, a bike that was claimed and, uh, it was double, M- double MSRP. They claimed, uh, Hayden Deegan's bike. It was like 17 grand. And there was like a big, a big controversy with it. Um, I don't think, I don't know if there's still a claiming rule. I don't think there is. And at one point I, I was going to hit bird up today. I just forgot to hit him up, but I don't know when the claiming rule went away. Maybe you guys know, but I think at one point you could only claim a motor. You couldn't claim an entire bike. Uh, Rob, what are your thoughts? Do we, do you know anything about the current, like what, anything about the claiming rule? And do you, do you think we should? I really don't, I don't know anything about it. Um, To be perfectly honest, I can't remember last time I've seen it or heard of it as far as somebody getting claimed, but, uh, but yeah, the, um, I'm not real, real thrilled on, on what went down with the Yamaha team, um, in motocross Yamaha team, not, not trying to say anything about the, uh, flat track Yamaha team before that gets misconstrued. I don't know, man. Like, what are you, what are you asking me? Like, how do I feel like if my bike got claimed or would I claim somebody's bike or what? Well, should we, is it something we should look at in flat track? Like, should we, like, it's, it's, I think you can claim a bike in pretty much any other series right now, uh, which is, I think, I think the idea of it's crazy. That's you can just go buy somebody's bike. That's wild. But yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I don't like, I don't like it for a couple of reasons. The main one being like, as a guy, like I've, I've built plenty of engines and bikes. My, I wouldn't want somebody else to be able to just go and see what all I did. Like that's some shit that I did. Um, but I do like protest. So if, you know, I, I feel like protest, nobody does that anymore. Everybody wants to bitch and complain about if somebody's illegal or not. Well, file a protest, you know, that's what they're there for. And then you don't get to see anything except for the part that you protested. If somebody claims your bike, not only can they look inside the engine, they can see what suspension you got. They can see your settings and, you know, what, whatever, you know, some of that stuff is really valuable information. Some people don't give two shits. Like there's certain riders out there that are like, yeah, man, this is exactly what gearing I'm running. This is what I'm doing here. But um, but the Yamaha thing—that's the idea of the really, claiming rule. Um, that's to limit the money and time and development. You know what I mean? That way, you yep. don't have Star and Yamaha show up to Loretta Lens with a factory YZ250 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But what are your sure. thoughts? What are your thoughts, Bugs? Because I know we had a claiming rule, right, Bugs? Like it was probably. Like I know Coolbet's bike got claimed. I think it was, I don't know if it was just engines or if you got the electronics and, and you got the carburetors too. You didn't get the rollers. You didn't get the suspension, but you definitely got the engine. I don't know if you got the carburetors and the electronics. But yeah. I'm trying to think to what year, what, what year Coolbet got his motor. It got claimed, right? Like I'm pretty sure it was like, Oh nine or something. Yeah. Steve Murray, yeah, Murray claimed right. it. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Murray claimed it. Yeah. Man, what happened to that guy? I haven't seen him forever. He used to be a big Facebook arguer too. He's been I don't know. I, he races motocross or rides motocross up in Michigan. I don't know. 
I haven't seen Steve for a long time, but I grew up racing with him. Wasn't he like number 51, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's from up at Brian Smith and those guys. Yeah, it would be interesting to bring it back just to uh, people would obviously like there's a lot of big money teams in the singles and the twins. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe it would change the dynamic of building these bikes. If we, if we had some sort of claiming rule to kind of, kind of keep it even, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want my bike getting claimed, but at the same time, you know, it's something that you look at when you're building, building a bike, try and level the playing field a little. So, um, yeah. I think I'm going to claim cruises PW at the next race. That's fine. That's fine. I just decided I'm going to claim it. <laughs> if it's double, it down. well, and that's the thing. I don't. It's like double MSRP, which is that's not that much money, like for a star bike. Um, I know, and dude, you already. That's what I'm saying. Like, dude, could, could you imagine? So, well, here's another thing to look at it too, though. So, say Indian is fifty grand, and you want to claim Jared Mees. Yet, is Jared Mees' bike worth a hundred grand to you if you're a team owner? To see what Kenny Tolbert's done? That's the thing. Probably. I mean, <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it might have been a couple years ago when everything was unrestricted and, you know, he was winning every single mile on the schedule um, just to see what was in there, maybe. Um, and I don't think that he, I don't think these guys are cheating. I just, it's nice to know some of the secrets they found out, um, you know, just to see, oh, wow, like what, because everybody always was wondering, like, what's me, what are they doing different on his Indian? Because visibly on the miles, it just seemed like it was so much faster. So, um, yeah, no, it was just a question I had for, for you guys. Uh, Bugs, what's your, what's your plan for the future, man? Are you, how long are you going to keep doing this for? And what are you, uh, any, any plans for the future? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I still, love motorcycles and i you know i enjoy racing them most of the time so i don't want to stop but i don't think you'll see me on any miles next year and uh probably not definitely not the whole schedule obviously but uh blake's doing his thing and my daughter lily is super busy with softball and cheer and just there's a lot of stuff going every direction so I uh I want to build a purpose built TT bike cuz I love Peoria and uh I like the rough stock car track so I want to show up when I can be on the podium next year, you know. No, that's yeah, I get that. Um what do yep, you think yep, the three What do you think the three year outlook is for American Flat Track? Like obviously they want to the rumor is they want to combine the Twins classes and I'm looking at the calendar, it's the end of August and we don't really have a rules package or schedule. We don't have really any idea what's going on next year. Um, what What do you think the three year outlook is, and um, what would you, what would Bugs Pearson like suggest for what's going on right now? So they got a lot of. I think they got a lot of stuff going on, and they're good on the promotion side, and they're professional. They're you know a really professional outfit, but. Uh, like me personally, I, I think they need some more dirty people that are helping out. Um, they need a track guy that's dedicated hundred percent. And uh, he's got to show up there um, three or four days before the event. And then he's got to make sure the track is prepared. Cause 
they want to be on a schedule, which is cool, but it's very hard to do with. So you got to prep the track, <clears throat> make the track badass, wet, ready to go for whatever time. And if there's a threat for rain and it rains, then it rains. Like that sucks, but the track's badass ready at that time, you know? And then they put themselves in a pickle. This Indian and Harley stuff should have been put to bed when this stuff started. They should have said, well, Harley, you had better build a purpose-built 750 because I'm telling you right now, Indian is, you know, they're not fucking around. So you're going to piss away a lot of money, you know, or just build one, make the XR badass, make it liquid cooled and overhead cams and make it cool. Make it a, you know, a modern day 2022 super twin, you know, that's what should have happened. But now they don't know which direction to go. It doesn't seem like we can cater to manufacturers anymore. The money is not coming from them, you know? So you got the missions Indian or whatever, even though it's not a factory Indian. And then you got SSN Yamaha. And then why can't you have a Caterpillar, you know, whatever, Triumph or whatever, you know, but right, it's got yeah. to be opened up more. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, people have asked, like, what do you think we can do to get more entries? And um, is there, there's just a lot to look at to try. I mean, it's, I've mentioned it before. It's been kind of embarrassing to line up in a semi with four other people. It's like, man, it's like, what? There's good motorcycles everywhere all over the country too, but the rules have got to open up for them to get there. Yeah. I just think everybody, yeah, sorry. I cut you off. I I think people need more and they, they need like a, um, feel like they have a shot to be competitive. Like a lot of these Kawasaki's that were so good, they were so competitive in like 2015 to 2017. Um, like we were all, we were all on Kawasaki's that were kind of evenly matched. There was like 40 of us and, it was you can't eliminate both twins class. Like you said, you got to have a, a starter twin class for a, for, you don't want to throw those guys straight to the wolves, you know? So yeah. I don't think they can eliminate it. How's yeah. the guy get started on a twin? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's know. the thing. There's so much to look at, but whatever. I mean, it's yeah. If if we all yeah, I don't th- I don't think they're calling uh C Tex or Pearson for their uh for their input, but um yeah, man. No, it's it's been cool. Like you've had a you've had a crazy career and a lot of good results, and you've been like a solid top seven, top eight guy. You're always up there in the points. You can show up like Dallas, dude. Like you had you had kind of a tough year in 19, and then sure as fuck you show up in 2020 and you're running up front two two podiums at dallas uh just when you think you know bugs is kind of struggling you always kind of like figure it out you're on the podium so just to be that consistent for so long is uh is really cool um yeah so hopefully you're good to go for springfield are you are you planning on doing wisconsin and volusia if all goes well yeah, my my plan is definitely to go to those two, and uh, Springfield. If we get the motorcycle good and I feel good, then maybe I'll do Springfield one more time. And uh, I'd like to do it. I got a lot of P 
people that support me that'll be there. So I'd like to try to do that one. And then that's probably going to be my last, last time on that big track. So, yeah. Uh, Rob, any follow-up questions for bugs before we let him go? Well, he kind of answered it himself. He kind of answered it himself when he was like, um, cause I was curious wh- what he was going to do and how long he was going to do it for. And, and I think it's cool, man. I think he can still get a podium. So I, I'm, I'm going to support that decision, man. I'd love to see him podium at Peoria for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I, I guess real quick, man, what, uh, who are you picking for this twins title, this super twins title? It's pretty tight actually with Meese and Briar. And then you got Dallas and JD with, uh, you know, two miles left on the schedule and looking at the points, I don't know how close Dallas is, but it's like not, not that far off. So who who do you think has the upper hand with the schedule that is left right now? Man, that's a, it's a bit of a mixed schedule, two miles. And then you got a three eighths and then a half mile down there in Barberville. So I don't know. The miles are going to be tough. I think it's either going to be Dallas or me. They're going to probably, I mean, come out on top on those, but I think, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be trying to knock Briar off the top step at Wisconsin. I think that he's going to be the guy, um, at the other two probably. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be hard to beat against. I don't know. It'd be hard. Dallas is running, uh, you know, unbelievable rookie year, but I think, I think it's going to be one of those Indians again. And, uh, be hard I mean, to say. Well, and yeah, I think too, like all four of those tracks, Mies has won that type of track. Mies has won, you know? So, yeah. And I got, it's, it's very hard to go against Mies, but yeah, Dallas is on and out. Man. Freaking what a Well, rookie. I think if they can't sell, if they can't sell tickets right now, I mean, I don't know it seems like a pretty good uh, last four races to, to have, a, you know, guys racing like that. So late in the year, uh, people should turn up and watch it. I agree. Yeah. We need, we need more spectators. I was, I was <laughs> watching rapid city. Like we were there. I'm like, man, nobody's here. It's like Sturgis rally. Like where the hell is everybody? Like, let's go. It's like, we need to get, we need to get these. Fans. Exactly. It's like, why aren't they here? We need to go get these people. That was the Buffalo chip. I would much rather be at Rapid City, but the Buffalo Buffalo chip was cool. I mean, it was definitely cool. Like you, we brought the race to them because it's hard to get them, you know, to leave. Yeah, the rally the drinking. Yeah, Buff- they could drink at the bar and just watch the race. <laughs> it was like honestly Dude. a really good idea. So top yeah. three favorite event. Top three favorite event to this day, man. It was so good, man. It was just. I love the chip yeah, cool. and, and Castle Rock was kind of like a little bit of that old school feel like everyone camping awesome. out in the pits and man, you could just like driving out of the racetrack. I was like contact ties. like people were just partying and like just enjoying the event. Like they were there for the event and the stands were packed. Um, the fans were just, you could hear them like just stoked. It was it was really, really cool. We talked about it last week on the pod, but yeah, once again, I'm, it's still, I'm still hype on that event. That was, that was badass. It, yeah, it sucked you. Uh, yeah, that was sucked. You got hurt, bugs, but uh, it was the the event was cool. Yeah, yeah. We're all like, <laughs> it's we're a lot like, better. You know, when, you, <laughs> when you're at events like that or races like that, and uh, 
yeah, you got a bunch of people and they're all excited about it. It makes you excited about it. So, yeah, the energy was high, but yeah, man. Well, appreciate you taking the time to come on. Like you said, you got a couple kids that are busy with, with a lot of different activities and I know how that goes. So it's Rob's got about 30 kids. He don't even remember half his kids' names. They're just <laughs> running around. So it's, uh, it's cool. You're, you're staying busy doing that. Uh, you know, being a dad and yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. You're still involved and hopefully you're healed up and we'll see at Springfield. If you're not right, if you're not racing, you still got to come out or. More than likely, um, my daughter's playing softball right now. So it's like every day, but pro I mean, I probably I'm, I want to race. So You'll no. be there. <laughs> You'll no, be no, me, I'll be there. I'm too stupid. I'm too stupid to not be there. You know what I mean? So I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll see you on the starting line then, man. Uh thanks for thanks for coming on and yeah, we appreciate it, dude. Right on. Thanks, boys. See All you right. this weekend. Later. Later. <laughs> Bugs. Dude, I see. love that. It's like I don't know. I probably shouldn't race, but I really want to. I'm going to be there, but I don't know. But yeah, I'll probably be there. See you this weekend. <laughs> like, put the racer mentality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, so I had a couple other things I wanted to chat you about. Um, we talked about the podium speeches, the claiming rule. We got some insight from bugs. Let's talk about, so Rapid City, there was an instance and we actually got yelled at at the riders meeting. I, I'm pretty sure it was aimed at me. Um, well, I don't really, I don't really care, but, um, it was walking the track. So you're not really supposed to be on the track before the event starts. So, you know, back in the day we were allowed to, you know, go on the track, look at the track, walk it, feel the dirt, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And now, and I get it. Like if they're prepping the track, you don't want a bunch of riders in the way, like stay off the track, let them do their thing. But I also think there needs to be a time for track walk and yeah they just what are your thoughts on that because for me like a peace of mind thing a you know as a rider i feel like we have a we, we deserve that opportunity ah. to kind of have a track walk and sometimes we have track walks and sometimes we don't it's been really inconsistent like i know atlanta short track one year we had a track walk we've had track walks on the tts um yeah they give us track walks sometimes and then other times it's like no track walk it's like, okay. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So yeah, my thoughts are as a, you're rider a track and, expert, uh, you're a track prep. You're on yeah, the, you're on the committee. The, yes. Yes. I am on the committee, but that being said, regardless of what committee I may or may not be on, um, as a rider and rider coach slash mechanic slash whatever you want to say, um, yeah, dude, you should have a track walk. Um, I don't know why it's inconsistent. Like you said, I don't know if it's a track, track to track thing maybe um but if it were me and, and given the opportunity it seems like it'd be easy to just say all right consistently each track track walk will begin right after the riders meeting so that's your time and you just say you got 30 minutes to an hour before practice still so from the end of the riders meeting you got 30 minutes boom track walk you know what i mean like the schedule can be moved around a little bit i i, I like the idea of a track walk but yeah, um, every other series why. has track walk. Uh, you look at Supercross, they have track walk. You look at Moto America, they have like a multiple hour track walk. Uh, yeah, I just think it's important for the riders to have that track walk. And I also think it's important we go back to rider introductions. Um, I think that was a big dynamic for 
what we do and for the fans to see the riders with their helmets off, see us with a little bit of personality before we put our helmet on um, to develop characters and personality in the sport. We're not doing that at all. We're just lining up and going. And honestly, as part of the rider walkout, it's cool to um, walk out to the starting line and pick your spot. Um, You know, starts are crucial in this game. And now we just pretty much, have to pick on the fly. Like we don't get to walk out and see where we want to start. We have to just ride out glance 50 feet ahead and go there. Um, you know, I, I really miss that dynamic of, uh, rider introductions and maybe, you know, it, maybe it's because there's only, there's not many of us to introduce, but I still think for first time fans to, for people to see, you know, we have so many personalities, um, it's cool for fans to see that and, and pick somebody, Oh, you know, I like, you know, that guy, I'm going to root for him. Um, we all kind of look the same with our helmets on, but there's a different dynamic for having the helmets off. And I think we could adjust the schedule to, to do that. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I would say that if enough of the riders shared your view on that, which I would have to think they did, um, that I encourage them to email the appropriate person at AFT. And, and I think if you get a hold of Kevin, you know, I think he'd be really receptive. Everything I've, I've spoken to him about, whether we agree or disagree or not, he's genuinely looked me in the eye and, and said, yeah, I agree. Or, well, no, I don't agree with that. And this is why. So I think if you think this strongly about that, then I would definitely suggest um, getting with them in the off season and seeing if we can make a change. Cause I think most of the writers would agree with that. Yeah, and it's not like a make or break deal, but just one dynamic that I think is would be good to bring back. Um, but I I mentioned it to somebody, and I think it was David McGrath, and he I think it was David. Sorry if he's listening, and it wasn't him, but uh, don't kick my ass. Um, but but uh, I he somebody mentioned that they oh well we we heard the opposite like they don't want to do rider insurance. I'm like eh, I don't know. I, I don't know many, you know, I don't think anybody complained about it. So, um, yeah, all good. I don't well, think it's you know what, you know, it'd be cool. What are, in addition to that and other things, you know, what AFT could do. And, and I hope if they're listening, maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. It's silly, but maybe put like a little email together just for racers, you know, like, a, you know, if you had a competition number in within the last year or two, we'd like your opinion on a certain number of things. And then it could be like, do you feel like, you know, the fan walk is important or do you feel like, you know, rider introductions are important? Yes, no. You know, you don't have to give them a long drawn out sentence, just a yes or no answer and then let them gauge off of that, you know? Yeah. I mean, don't sit there and flood them maybe with, with 8,000 things, you know, but, um, you know, there's other things that I know that people have brought to my attention. It's like, guys, I, I'm, I, I can't do nothing about that anyway, but if you feel strongly enough, I do encourage you to email because, um, I've had, I've had good success in getting an answer, you know, not always the answer I want, but getting a response. So, yeah, I mean, you know, how I feel about that stuff. I, I definitely think riders should speak up and um, not only speak up, but give, give constructive feedback. Uh, like give, if you don't like something, don't just bitch about it. Like tell them what you don't like and what you think would be, you know, your suggestion for a fix or change. You know, that's one thing I always try to 
I've always tried to be like when I'm, you know, critical of something, I try to be fair. Like I, there's, you know, I don't just bitch just a bitch. I try not to, at least I try to give some sort of feedback. So it's, so it's constructive, like, um, but yeah, whatever. I mean, it's their show and, um, you know, we, we can offer insight and yeah, I think getting some paddock, uh, or pit feed, whatever people get so bent out of shape, you call it paddock, (laughs) but, uh, Getting some, fe- getting some feedback is from the riders is definitely a you know establishes goodwill and shows you care so yeah no i think that's a good idea rob um one more thing i had and they were actually actually two more things the big one actually is i haven't been able to talk about much on this topic people ask me um but it was brought up on the Jared Meese podcast on Pulp. And I guess as a podcast host slash, I don't, I, I'm not going to, eh, I'm just going to stick with podcast host. Uh, I was going to say journalist, but I'm not, I'm not a journalist really right now. Um, you Jared had a couple Meese, of them though. You had a couple. No, no, I've, I've, yeah, but it's so, I, it's, I got a C minus in English in high school. Like I still have, it's so weird to say anything like I'm a journalist, so I don't, I don't fucking go with that, but I'm a podcast host and, uh, Mies commented on the Pulp show that Indian, his contracts up at the end, end of the year and Indian motorcycle is stepping away from factory support. And whether or not I already knew that I'll let the listeners decide, but yeah, I don't, is there anything to talk about there? Or is it kind of something we kind of already expected um he mentioned that I mean, th- they still will help him with a bike and obviously indian has a strong passion for the sport and they're going to stay involved with helping the riders as much as they can but from what i gathered on what he said is they won't there won't be a factory effort next season um so now that it's public somewhere else i guess we can address it here yeah, I mean, it's huge, huge news that we kind of all saw coming. I mean, let's be real honest here. You know, Indian dominated the sport for the last X amount of years, you know, but at the same token, Harley dominated the sport for the X amount of years before that. And then it was Yamaha, and then it was Honda, or vice versa. And then it was Harley again. And then it was Triumph and Norton and whoever else. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's been, there's been dominant brands throughout the years. I mean, to this day, in all honesty, think of the singles has there been any other brand that's been more used than the honda 450 no so where i'm going with this i don't really know because i've had a few drinks but <laughs> help me out where was i going with this Corey? <laughs> the uh i lost track yeah, of time <laughs> i don't know no the, i don't know the reasoning Meaning behind that- go ahead well they proved their point is what i'm trying to say they proved their point they came in and they built what I would consider probably the the best dirt tracker of all time. And I know there's a lot of people are going to cuss me for the saying that, but realistically, when I say the best, like just most dominant, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good in every way. I mean, um, and it's um, a modern you know, day I can't really XR. Think of, yeah, yeah. I mean, but can you blame them? It's like, well, we proved our point, and you know, we're they're not selling more street bikes really because they're Jared Mees and Briar. You know, I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of Indians in the like when you go to Lima now, whether or not you notice it, but there's a lot more Indian motorcycles, like fans riding an Indian Indian motorcycle every year. I see 
less and less Harleys and more and more Indians. It's actually crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, and I don't know what the reasoning is. I mean, it could be one of two, maybe even more reasons, but it could be, you know, like eventually the sponsors can't be too stoked on, you know, 11 riders lining up in the premier class. Um, like I've said before, AFT, they've done a really good job with like packaging what we do in terms of looking professional and bug said it too. Like we look professional, um, everything from the outside in looks really good, but then you see our rider counts and there's a lot, you know, there's not as many fans coming. Like there's a lot that needs to be done to, uh, to fix the direction of where we've been going or, you know, with the, all the rule changes to the motorcycle, the last few years, I'm sure they're all frustrated with, you know, you know, getting one rule changed and the other rule and the next rule. So yeah, I don't know the reason behind taking away the the factory effort. Um, I'm sure we can get Gary Gray and uh, all those guys on here after the season, once it's officially announced, but me dropped the, dropped the, uh, the info on the pulp pod. So figured I had actually a couple people that messaged me. I figured I'd bring it up, but yeah, it's a, it's a huge bummer. It's uh it's actually really, it, it's a d- depressing to not have their factory support. Um, but yeah, I get well, it. And we'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get more into it as the season is uh, over. Well, I've never had an Indian. I've worked on a few of them, but I can just tell you for sure. Like everybody needs to give Indian big old humongous. Thank you. Cause they, um, they basically single-handedly supported quite a few of the racers, especially the first, what, two years? Like, if you were on an Indian, you were making money. Like, I don't and care what anybody says. Like, you were making money. The first you know? year contingency, um, if not, you go back and look at it, it was a lot. It's a lot of money. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, um, kudos to them, right? I mean, no, they came in and cool did what they meant to do. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it's growing up um, – you know, growing up a kid who I grew up in a Harley shop and it's, uh, I've really, I have a lot of respect for what the Indian brand has done. And that's before they've even, obviously they support our pod, but it's before that, even like it's what they've done and, um, how they go about it and the passion they have, like they're at, you know, they're at the track all the time. Like they, Gary knows a lot about the sport and they're all passionate about racing. And that's like, that's what we've been missing from Harley. I feel like is that passion and these guys are passionate about the sport. So anytime you lose guy like people involved who are passionate, it's uh it sucks. And then the possibility of people becoming unemployed, like mechanics and truck drivers and all of that, it's just, it's just a bummer. So, um, but we'll see, we'll see how, you know, some more info as we, the you know, coming weeks here, we have four races left. Um, one more question too. They talked about it on that podcast as well. I actually really like that podcast for Supercross. It's really entertaining. Um, but they talked about, I think it was uh, Dean Wilson. Maybe they were talking about his injury, and he got. Did you see his injury, Rob? Like in Supercross, he got a foot peg through the ass. Like yeah. it was mm-hmm. like he crashed, and the foot peg hit him in his ass. And on the on the broadcast, I remember watching it with somebody, and they're like, "What's that red stuff all over the jump?" And I was like, holy shit, I think that's blood. And uh, his, like the foot pegs on these motorbikes are just insane. They're like daggers. And uh, it ripped a hole in his ass. <laughs> like, it's, it's not funny. It was like messed up. But um, they they talked about his, you know, mental, like mentally learning and figuring things out. And they talked about 
preparation or overthinking? Like what's the difference between a rider being overly prepared or overthinking a situation? Um, cause I, I it kind of hit home. Like I have people telling me that I overthink a lot with racing and I always feel like it's, it's like preparation. Like I put a lot of preparation into it and, Oh, you're overthinking it. It's like, well, uh, I feel like I'm just trying to be prepared. So what are your thoughts on that? And some of the riders you've worked with, like, do you feel like any of any of them kind of were in their own head too much? And I feel like every racer to some degree, like we're kind of all in our own heads with different shit, but obviously there's some that, um, some that are worse than others and like what determines mental strength and or mental weakness as a racer. I mean, I think everybody's always in each other's heads. Like you said, man, there's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, cause I've, well, I'll give you an example, man. There were certain races where we went to together and I could tell that when you showed up, when we unloaded, you know, you knew that like, man, I'm going to fucking win. I'm going to tell you that's going to be Savannah and Volusia on singles. You know, like I knew that like, yep, Corey's, Corey's going to run up front here for sure. But then I could tell like over days when you're unsure about stuff or just not comfortable and then you do, like a lot of racers do, overthink it. And, and it's not so much overthinking, but you got to just, there's some stuff that's out of your control. So you still find yourself overthinking things that are out of your control, which is, the, which is you know, self-destruct right there. So you just kind of prioritize what things that you're pissed off about that you can control. Because you go on a shitty track, you can't control, you know, what the track does. Like, that's, you just got to adapt to it. But you can control, like, you know, how, how much effort you put into it. Like if you're going to be willing to hundred percent it and put it all in line or, or man, like I just want to bring it home and get some good solid points. Like that's all in your own head. But you know, if you catch yourself wasting time on shit that you cannot uh, control, you know, like when it's hot, you know, hundred and something degrees at Sacramento. Well, there ain't a single person here that can control it and put shade on themselves the whole way around. So everybody, everybody's fighting that same thing. You know, that's all. Yeah. I don't know if that explained it to you well. No, or not. I mean, like, what? Um, so, for somebody like, like Dalton, like, what was, like, from a from a different rider, um, like, what did I don't know? What was his mental strengths and like? I don't. I guess you don't want to call him out on stuff, but I mean, it's common, yeah, right? I'll, like, I'll you see with openly. with other riders and stuff. Um, like, yeah, it's just one of them things that it's kind of interesting, like the mental aspect of racing and you know, I feel, I feel like you can use it to your advantage or disadvantage. And there's definitely like, does Dalton watch a lot of film? Like, cause I watch a lot of, like, I like to watch film and I like to take notes and um, like, I put a lot of off track work in this stuff and I've been accused of like overthinking it or the amount of planning right, ahead me, I do with, a, yeah, go ahead. Let me give you a good perspective. And, and I hope, you know, parents are listening to this and other racers listen to this too. So when you got guys lined up on the line, Corey, and you've been out there a long time, a lot of different races you've lined up against. And I hate to give him credit for this, but he's the only rider that I can say that. And, and I look at a lot of people and I like look at their, their face, you know, and you look at Jared and face, whether he's starting pole position or if it's one of the ones where he just fucked up in a semi and he's starting on the back row, but he's got in his mind that he can still win this fucking race. Look at him in his face, and I challenge anybody else to also go any kind of do rider introductions. You know, you got some guys smiling, goofing around, and everything, and and Jared Mee is still cool as a cucumber. You know, and and that is 
that's why he's going to go down as like one of the greatest of all time. And I used to, man, I could tell you, I never in a million years would have called that, but he's a dude that gets gets smarter with age. I know that's kind of like, duh, but like he still can't spell know. potato, but he's no, he's he can't. Smart. <laughs> but damn, he he knows exactly if you owe him like a dollar sixty two from five years ago, he's still gonna be like, hey man, I forgot about that dollar sixty two. I don't need it right now, but. But no, in all seriousness, so like think think about looking at his demeanor on the starting line stuff, um, and and not necessarily the start line, but just in the staging area. He's standing there, and, and dude's holding his bike. He's you know he's just he's cool as a cucumber. You can come up to him, talk to him. He'll shake your hand. Hey man, good luck. You know, ride tomorrow. Blah 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 blah. Or you can go up there and pat him on the back or whatever. I'm not saying for people to go touch Jeremy's. That's not what I mean. But but he's just nothing's gonna affect him because he knows in his mind that like he's the guy. And that's very, very rare because there's guys that on certain days when they get on the start line, they know like, all right, I'm the guy, you know, we'll just say, um, you know, Henry Wiles at Peoria. He knows he's going to be the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's you know, and, sometimes, and, sorry to cut you off. I think there's sometimes when no, you can no. be, you can be over intense and it kind of like affects you negatively. Like I've tried to, I tried to go up with headphones on and kind of like, up the intensity where I'm just so dialed in and it's just not me. Like, and then, like you said, there's guys that goof around, like really goof around and I'm not on that side. Yeah. Vander, well. Vander Coy, you know? Right. But I like to, I don't like headphones in. I like to take everything in. Like I like, like I kind of talk to people. Like I always used to fuck with Varnes cause Ryan would always have headphones in and he was always really intense on race day. And, uh, and I know Ryan off the track and I'm just like, I'd go up to him and be like, Hey bud, what are you listening to? And like, he didn't want to talk to me. Like he's trying to beat me and I would just go up and just like pull his headphones <laughs> off and listen to what he was listening to. I'm like, Oh, you in the zone right now? <laughs> like, um, so yeah, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> it works differently for different people for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, head game, like, yeah, if we could learn the, the headspace of a motorcycle racer and actually figure out how to, you know, what's, what's the move, so to speak. It's really valuable. Um, but everybody, every racer, like there's something wrong with every one of us at some degree. So, um, Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, that was a good pod. There was a lot of info there. It was cool to get bugs on. He's such a chill, he's such a chill guy. Like, He's like, and he's always so nice. Like I'm, I mean, I've seen him get angry and stuff before, but he's still always nice. Like he's such a good dude. Like, and yeah, I, love I don't it, think I've, I've ever. Him. I've raced him a lot. Like I've I've banged bars with him on a lot of different occasions, and I don't think I've ever had any issues with bugs at all. Um, you know, he's he's a guy. He's aggressive. He can dish it out, but he's kind of like Sammy Halbert. He can take it too. Like. If you run up the inside yeah. of it, like I remember once at Mama Trot, I think you were there actually in the semi or one of the heat races. I slammed him pretty good to win the semi or win the heat race. And I was like, yo, man, I'm sorry. I had to go for it. He's like, no, it's all good. He's like, I get it. I was like, cool, man. So yeah, he's, he's super, he, he gets it. And he's had a, a really good career. I mean, it's, you know, I, it's everybody like this era of guys that are just stepping away. I think it's, it's kind of something we're going to look at in five years and be like, damn, like can't believe, you know, Wiles isn't out there or Halbert or, um, Meese or whoever. It's just, 
it's just crazy the transition we're in right now. So yeah, moving forward, we'll, we'll see what the landscape looks like in a couple of years, but yeah, appreciate everybody for tuning in. We thought we'd get another pod out here before Springfield, Springfield weekend, dude, weather looks pretty fucking solid actually. Um, first time yeah. in a few years yep. where I've looked at the Springfield radar and it's been like solid. Um, so it's kind of the wet, the weather looks good. It's kind of crazy though, Rob, like not leaving on like Thursday to come out for the short track on Friday. Like I'd always come out at least watch, but no short track. It's probably the first time since 2000 shit, 2002, maybe oh. look it up. Man, I don't even, I, I really don't even know, man. Cause I think it, it wasn't for lack of trying. I just think that the, they're doing like a whole bunch of maintenance right on the, the awning or the covering and like it's, the whole thing's closed up. I'm not sure. Uh, I was looking at some photos from Springfield short track the other day and place was so good for so long. And then the last couple of years, it's like the shape of it. Um, it was like really circular and the dirt got kind of thick and it wasn't, it wasn't like as good of a track these last couple of years. Uh, I think a lot of it was the shape. Like it, it wasn't as paperclip as it used to be. So um, but regardless, it's such an iconic track from, you know, the Haydens doing well there, you know, sweeping the podium and then J.R. Schnabel with his run and Henry Wiles. And, um, you know, I've seen some really good races there from Carver and Brad Baker and Breyer. And um, yeah, it's uh, last year we had a pretty epic <laughs> Springfield short track with um, I went to bed and woke uh went to bed dallas won one race and woke up the next morning and he won two <laughs> so it was uh that was you know really really uh crazy turn of events there last year but no it's crazy that no springfield short track we got two miles singles are back on the mile we have a lot of a really close title race and super twins it's gonna be hopefully really cool new promoters Mies promotions so Hopefully you guys, anybody within the area, get a ticket, come out and watch us, uh, support the sport, support uh, the promoters. Yeah, show up. Oh, they're man. coming show out, man. Support them. So, um, yeah, subscribe to the pod, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify. Uh, definitely leave us some reviews if you can. Like, after you listen to this episode, hop on your iPhone, go to the podcast app. It's a purple-looking white thing i don't even know how to describe it it's got circles on it uh go on and leave us a review let us know what you think keep the pod going shout out to the sponsors mission foods bell helmets yamaha indian motorcycle moto america make sure you guys go to jersey next weekend the 9th to the 11th and check them out dunlop motorcycle tires jerry stinchfield at roof systems and manscaped use the code tank slap 20 20 off free shipping so I got Rob. It's uh, let's put a bow Damn. on it, man. That was a fun one though. A good little quickie, I think. Well, I don't even know was it quick or not. Mm, no, it was like an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah, <laughs> it was quick for you because you were eating dinner for half of it. So. Nah, cooking dinner and eating dinner and feeding my kids. I mean, I'm a jack of all trades. Just is not uh, all of them. your kid still off the computer? Can he get back on or? Yeah, yeah, he's back on now. Yeah, yeah, he he gets What's he doing? Quick. He did good. I'm right here. Or? Oh yeah, yeah, big big Fortnite guy and oh, Roblox or blocks or something. I don't know. Roblox maybe. You have no idea. I don't know. I probably don't monitor computers as much as I should. Now you got me all self paranoid, but <laughs> luckily it's my two boys, He's not my fine. daughter. What it's did different. you do when you the were his age on the computer? You you were good, right? You didn't oh, do anything. My God. Oh yeah, for sure. Rob's running over <laughs> the computer now, <laughs> yanking it out. 
I know. Like, <laughs> I'm turning the power off to the house to shut it down. Did you have a uh, AOL down, or Instant Messenger when yeah. you were younger? Oh Did yeah. You? Oh, what was no your screen shit, name? Dude, like, like Rotax Racer Twenty. <laughs> That's so stupid. Because I never was twenty. <laughs> You're stupid. What was yours? Radical Racer Sixty Five. Uh huh. See, uh, you know it's funny too. Uh, so Dalton gave me his phone when when mine got smashed, his old phone. Yeah. So um, it like logs in. It's like logged into weird shit. Not like nothing bad, but like his e- something will pop up with his email or something. But one of his accounts or whatever is like Dalton fourteen A stud. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's his Snapchat or maybe Instagram. Like I don't <laughs> know, but funny. it's so funny. But fourteen <laughs> A stud. <laughs> I encourage everybody to go on. I think I showed you when you're at my house, but go on YouTube and look up Dalton or I'm sorry, Daytona Short Track. I think it's 2015, and I think Dalton wins. I want to say he wins his heat race, and his podium speech is easily the most awkward thing i've ever seen in my life um he's it's like literally it's like a baby baby dalton and his like voice is all squeaky and it's hilarious uh i think it's i think it's 2015 um if anybody listening finds it hit me up and verify that but i think it's 15 and uh yeah it was was pretty epic but i also real quick i had um i was i was talking to hacker today um Oh, I love that my guy. Good yeah he's my buddy dude and we were uh, i was like yeah man back in the day you were like my favorite rider my one of my instant messenger screen names was uh sir win a lot 67 and i i had uh i had it because i was a hacker fan and my dad used to sponsor him and it was sir win a lot because like sir mix a lot was kind of like yeah yeah <laughs> i had sir win a lot that's funny it's uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I was a, I was a, a moron, but, you, but you didn't win a lot at all. Like you rarely. I didn't even won. race. I didn't even that's race what, then. Really, I was just like fun. a fan. Yeah, I didn't win shit. Mario Kart. It's about all. But uh, all right, man. Well, good go karts either, though. I whoop your ass in go karts every time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not onto that. Yeah, I heard you're dumb. Hey, I heard you. You have to add weight to yours. That shit ain't fair, dude. I don't care. You weigh like half of me. Put. You can put as much weight in there as you want. It don't fucking matter. Not when you're three seconds off. Three seconds off the pace. Dog. I know you had a dog. Get out of here. You have a dog? Now the other kids are coming here. See what you did, Corey. All right, well I'll let you go, dude. Um, I'll see you this weekend. And thanks again. I'm talking to Corey. You want to say hi to Corey? Hi, Corey. Oh, how you doing? You doing good? Yes. All right. Keep your dad in line. Make sure he's, uh, make sure he's behaving. Showing me. Dude, <laughs> cheerleading is so expensive. Yeah, uh, uh, I'll trade you uh, <laughs> motorcycle racing for cheerleading. <laughs> no, you won't. I promise you. All right. Yeah. Oh, and now <laughs> Mama says, what is that smell? I just cooked the food. So, all right, man. Y'all be good. All right. I'll talk to you later. See ya. Bye. All right, guys, that's a wrap on the show. Appreciate you guys as always. And uh, if you're if you're in town, come see us in Springfield. We out.